this, the 53rd edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to give a few examples from archaeology which serve to validate our claim that the Bible is historically accurate and as such is the inspired Word of God. The Bible claims inspiration for itself. Paul proclaimed in his second letter to Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. One of the reasons we can have confidence in this assertion is that the Bible is continually validated both historically and geographically, by archaeological discoveries. I thought it would be interesting to share a few of these with you. All the quotations that I'm going to make in this podcast will be taken from a book entitled The New Testament Documents. Are they reliable? The book was written by F.F. Bruce. Scripture reveals that Gentiles were not allowed to enter beyond the outer court of the temple as they were considered unclean. You may recall that Luke records a near riot which ensued when the Jews were under the impression that Paul had taken Gentiles into the inner areas of the temple. That's found in Acts chapter 21, verses 27 and following. Apparently, the Roman authorities, in an attempt to curry the favor of the Jews in Jerusalem, had warnings posted in both Greek and Latin, warning the Gentiles not to pass beyond the outer court. As Bruce states, quote, One of these Greek inscriptions found at Jerusalem in 1871 by C.S. Clermont Ganot is now housed in Istanbul, and it reads as follows. No foreigner may enter within the barricade which surrounds the temple and enclosure. Anyone who is caught doing so will have himself to thank for his ensuing death. End quote, page 93. This helps to shine a light of understanding upon Paul's statement penned in Ephesians 2.14, which says that he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of division or partition between us. What about the pool of Bethesda? That is mentioned in an account of one of Jesus' healings in John chapter 5. Read verses 1 through 4. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, consider that and compare that text from the passage from Bruce's book. And I quote, The pool of Bethesda, described in John 5.2, has been located in the northeast quarter of the old city of Jerusalem, the quarter which was called Bezetha, or Newtown, in the first century A.D. In 1888, excavations near St. Anne's Church in that quarter revealed the remains of an ancient church building. Beneath this lay a crypt, with its north wall divided into five compartments in imitation of arches. On this wall there could also be distinguished traces of an old fresco, representing the angel troubling the water. Clearly, those who built the structure believed that it marked the site of the Pool of Bethesda, and subsequent excavations below the crypt showed that they were right. 
A flight of steps was uncovered leading down to a pool with five shallow porticos on its north side, directly underneath the five imitation arches on the north wall of the crypt. There are few sites in Jerusalem mentioned in the Gospels which can be identified so confidently. End quote. Page 94. And finally, in Acts chapter 14, verses 11 and 12, Luke records that when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Interestingly, archaeological discoveries have lent credence to this account, revealing that the Lystra area commonly worshipped these two pagan deities. The following Bruce quote is revealing. But more precise evidence of the joint worship of these two deities in the vicinity of Lystra was found in 1910, when Sir William Calder discovered an inscription of circa A.D. 250 at Sadassa near Lystra, recording the dedication to Zeus of a statue of Hermes, along with a sundial by men with Lyconian names. And again in 1926, when the same scholar, along with Professor W.H. Buckler, discovered a stone altar near Lystra, dedicated to the hearer of prayer, presumably Zeus, and Hermes. Close quote, page 96. These are just a few relatively minor examples of archaeological discoveries, which confirmed the veracity of God's word. Many others could be cited, but these suffice to show that the New Testament is an accurate historical and geographical document. There is no documented inconsistency or mistake to be found anywhere in the New Testament. There are many today who assault the word of God, claiming it to be the work of fallible men, but their feeble attempts fall uselessly upon the anvil of truth. Our faith is based upon unassailable evidence. The Bible is the inspired word of God. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation, or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.